Welcome to our Rock City Church podcast. We are so excited to have you join us. Our desire is that you would listen with expectancy for what God wants to do in your life. We pray that you would encounter the mighty love of the Father and that you would be fired up for the more that He has for you. Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, um, encourage you to watch the first service. It'll be different. I, I have a tough time doing the same message back to back. And so it's always different, even though I try. It's always different. All right, let's pray. How many of y'all know we need the Holy Ghost? We need the Holy Ghost. Turn around and tell somebody, I need the Holy Ghost. Why you need the Holy Ghost? Turn around and ask somebody, why you need the Holy Ghost? And then you turn around and say them because of that, you do that thing you do. Huh? Because you do that thing you do, and you need to stop doing that thing you do. And to stop doing that thing you do, you need the Holy Ghost. Amen? You need the Holy Ghost. Why? You can't stop. Turn around and tell me, I, I can't stop. Want to. Need to. But can't. I can't do it. Amen? So we need the Holy Ghost. Amen. We try to bring everyone to the fullness of the Spirit. You know, I had my mindset when I got born again, I was going to be a missionary. When I got saved, I was smuggling heroin from Thailand. And I fell in love with Thailand. I loved the Thai people. And so I got my idea. I'm going back to Thailand as a prophetic missionary. And I had that, and that was my plan. First year of Bible college, man. Anybody ask me, what are you going to do when you grow up? You know, What are you going to do when you graduate? I'm going to Thailand. I'm going to be a prophetic missionary. I had visions of going through the streets of Bangkok, and instead of smoking Thai stick, laying hands on people. Amen. I had visions of that. And so then God, one day, I went home to visit my parents in my little hometown of Jackson, Ohio. And I hated that city. I joined the army to get out of it. And it was amazing because I'm out in the woods praying. It's Christmas. It's cold. I got so cold. I love to pray in the woods. It got so cold I had to go pray in my truck. I'm sitting by Big Rock Lake. And I'm praying in my pickup truck. And a power of God fills my truck up. He says, I've called you to come here and take this city for me. And I said out loud in my truck, I joined the army to get out of this city. I ain't ever coming back here. I'm going to Thailand. Well, guess where I planted our first church? Jackson, Ohio. The Holy Ghost had to do a work in me. And that was the mo- one of the most difficult. You want to go into a difficult season, just say no to God. Just say no to God. And I had to have the Holy Ghost do a work in me. He had to change my heart. And then I looked at my wife when I finally submitted after a year. It took a year for me to submit. And when I finally submitted, I looked at my wife. We were living in Fort Worth, Texas. She was in heaven. She had everything she wanted. She had a Korean community. She's South Korean. She had a Korean church. I went to an American church. She went to a Korean church. She had Korean friends. She had a great job. And I said, Kyung, we're going to Jackson, Ohio, and we're planting a church. And you know what she said to me? She said, go ahead. Send me your check. I'm serious. I ain't going anywhere. 
And so my prayer went from God. I'll, I'll go to God, the woman that thou gavest me. <laughs> you got to do something with her. And it took two more years before she would go. And I'd go to my pastor. I'd say, where did he go? And he'd say, Dave, your wife ain't ready. And I'd say, woman, the woman that thou gavest me. <laughs> right? And so it took the Holy Ghost to change me. It took the Holy Ghost to change her. Let me just say, we went to that city. And for 14 years, we rocked that city's world. We're a legend there. You walk into any business. I haven't been there in 20 years. But you walk into any business and ask about Dave Chisholm. And you'll hear stories you won't believe. They're not all good. Is that that nut preacher that did this and that and this? Yeah, that's him. But we did what God told us to do. We have to have the Holy Ghost to change. I'm going to talk to you this morning just a few minutes about necessary change. Amen? Amen. Necessary change. Colossians 3 says, if then you've been raised with Christ, just turn around and ask somebody, You've been raised? Or you could say, have you been born again? Are you saved? Amen. So if you have been saved, if you've been raised, if you've been born again to a new life. See, your new life shouldn't look like your old life. Amen. Now, when I got born again, I didn't grow six inches, didn't lose 12 pounds. But my whole life changed. Amen? I went from drug addict, alcoholic, drug dealer, mean, nasty, adulterer, rock and roll nut, to John the Baptist Jr. in about three minutes in my living room. My wife left, came home, and didn't know what the heck happened. So I looked at her and said, you will be saved. You know, I mean, it, she was my first convert. Amen. And she did get saved. And then I told her, you will be filled with the Holy Ghost. I remember the day we had the great conflict over the Holy Ghost. She was going to a little Korean Baptist church, and, and I told her, I said, you need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. So she went to her Korean Baptist pastor and said, my husband tells me I got to speak in tongues. And he told her those things passed away. She come home, she said, I ain't speaking in nothing, Korean and English, you know, and we had this big conflict. And one day I told her, I said, you listen to me, woman. You need to go back in that bedroom and don't you come out till you speak in tongues. I really did that. I was a little zealous, but not always according to knowledge. Amen. God had to, God, <laughs> you know, wildfire's better than no fire, right? I was wildfire. She'd come home with one of her little Korean friends, and I'd set them on the couch. I'd say, you know Jesus? And, I don't know Jesus. I say, you speak in tongues? No? Well, you will in about five minutes. Come on. I'm going to lay my hands on you. Come on. Fill them up, Holy Ghost. Fill them up. <laughs> Most of them left speaking in tongues. Amen. It was powerful. I probably got 200 people baptized in the Holy Ghost first year I was saved. I didn't know nothing. But I knew I found a fire. Amen. It's easier to tame a wild man than to raise the dead. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. So I had to have some taming. I had to have some different things happen inside me. I, I remember people tell me, Dave, you're doing more harm than good. And I'd look at them and say, they don't even know you're saved. 
backsliding. You know, I was, I was zealous. And so the Lord began to deal with me. You know, I was walking in this newness of life. And I was changed. And I set my mind on, verse 2, set your mind on the higher things. And I did, not on the things that are the earth. I was listening to a tape by Norval Hayes one day. And he said, bless God. Ain't nothing God wouldn't do for a man praying in tongues six hours a day. Do you know what I did? I prayed in tongues for six hours a day for the next five years. I'm serious. I did. On the what? On the clock. Why? He said it. I believed it. It was settled. Let's pray in tongues. I still pray in tongues, usually a couple hours a day. Amen. It's one reason I still got the fire. We talked about that earlier. All right. So he says, set your mind and keep them on what is above on higher things, not on the things of the earth. For as far as the world is concerned, you're dead. You've died. And your new life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, he will also, you will appear with him in the splendor of his glory. So kill, deaden, deprive of power. The evil desire lurking. Lurking in your members, the animal inside you, the beast, the beast, the beast, the animal, the devil, the snake. Kill the beast! Right? That's what we have to do. That's my self-talk. Amen. When I'm, whenever I'm really, I, I mean, I still have a nature that tries to, you know, somebody pulls out in front of you in a car and they flip you off and they're the one that pulled out in front of you. I'm like, oh no, Mm-mm. oh no. My wife didn't believe I was saved until she saw the first thing I did in a traffic situation. <laughs> Bless them, Lord. But inside the beast, I'd have visions of <laughs> back up, hit him again. <laughs> visions of choking people out, throat punching. <laughs> Amen. I used to have anger, explosive temper, and I would bust up the furniture at night and glue it back together by day. <laughs> I did. <laughs> I had anger in me. I had anger issues. I had little man syndrome. I mean, I stand next to some of these Rose Boys, I feel like a freaking hobbit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I had anger issues. <laughs> come on, Frodo, right? That's what Kevin called me earlier. He said, come on, Frodo, let's do this thing. You know, I'm looking at him like, come on, Goliath. Knock you in the head with a slingshot, you big, ugly thing. You, boom, right? So I had all these issues. Amen. I had lust. Gotta find a woman, gotta find a woman, gotta find a woman, gotta find a woman. You're a woman, I don't care, gotta find a woman. I had lust. Come on, kill the beast. I couldn't do it by myself, I had to have the Holy Ghost. Also, didn't like some people. 
that's a problem. I said to the first service, why are you sitting where you're sitting? Why am I sitting here? Because they are sitting over there. That's why I'm sitting here. And if they move over here, then I will move over there. Because I don't like them. Amen. I remember going to church and hearing messages like, you got to love everybody. I said, love them. I don't even like them. Are you kidding? No. And so we look at these things and God says, you got to kill those lurking desires, those animal impulses that are earthly and they're employed in sin. And then he names some of them, sexual vice. Oh, I was bad on that one. I was a pervert, man. People say, was you in porn? I said, no, I was in adultery. I said, I don't watch it. I do it. Come on. I was a mess. I committed adultery on my honeymoon, guys. I was a moron. I was evil. I was evil. Amen? You weren't supposed to say amen to that. That was an oh me. Crap, you're kidding. You did that, right? <laughs> I, did, I was evil. I was evil. And so I had all these animal things. Greed, covetous, unholy desires, idolatry. Well, the only reason I was smuggling heroin from Thailand is because I could make two grand a day. It's the only reason. I didn't, I didn't really want to hurt anybody. I wanted money. Idolatry, greed. I said, I know how to get it. So he goes on to say, on account of these very sins, the holy anger of God's coming on the sons of disobedience who are obstinately opposed to the divine will, among whom you also once walked. You once walked, but I don't walk that way anymore. I don't want your wife. I have my own. 41 years, amen. I don't want your money. God will take care of me. Amen. I don't want to lie to you. I want to speak truth. I want to be a truth teller. I've killed those impulses because of my daily self-talk. Something begins to rise up. You know, somebody offends me in the church. Kill the beast. Kill the beast. Because Paul said, while I want to do good, I find a law. Evil is present with me. The scripture says, but we also have this treasure in earthen vessels. You know, young men will come to me and they'll say, Pastor Dave, man, I'm like, I'm burning. And I said, tell me about it. <laughs> yeah, it's like the kid, he said, went to his dad. He said, dad, when will it stop? He said, oh, no, son, let's go ask your great grandpa. Or ask your grandpa. And he went to grandpa and said, grandpa, when will it stop? He said, let's go ask your great-grandpa. Lust will follow you to the grave if you don't kill it. Anger will follow you to the grave if you don't kill it. Greed will follow you to the grave if you don't kill it. We've got to kill this stuff. So we come into the church, and now we can't walk these ways anymore. Verse 10 says, and you've clothed yourselves with a new spiritual self, which is ever in progress of being renewed and remolded or remodeled into fuller and more perfect knowledge. So that means I'm still growing and you're still growing into his image. We're still becoming more like him every day. Every day, I want to live with a greater victory of being like him. 
Amen. I can do what I couldn't do last year because I've grown in him. Amen. And sometimes growing is a result of groaning. Oh, God. Oh, God. And you're groaning as you're growing. Oh, God. Man, I've had the wars. I've had the betrayals. I've had it all just like you have. Sometimes we get this tendency to say, I, you don't know what it's like. You know, I was talking, uh, Damon was giving me his incredible testimony last night about how he came here from Brazil and met Cherish and got adopted into the Leo family. And it was incredible. He said something to me. He said, brother, you don't know what it's like until you've lived in two cultures. And I said, yeah, I know. <laughs> When I met my wife, she didn't speak English, and I didn't speak Korean, and we were in South Korea, and I have lived a thousand, trillion, hundred billion deaths since then. Ninety-five percent of Amerasian marriages fail within five years, 95 out of 100. Every friend I have in the military that married a Korean is divorced except me, everyone, because they didn't get the Holy Ghost. And had the Holy Ghost not filled my heart and her heart, there's no way we would have made it. Because we are so different in so many ways. And we have this diversity and we hear the unity and diversity. That's a great ideal. But did you ever try to live it? Huh? Come on. Did you ever try to live it? Unity and diversity. We're different. You know, one thing we do all have in common in this room, and the Bible says it on a few different occasions, we have one thing in common. You know what it is? We all think we're right. It's what the Bible says. So the way of every man is right in his own eyes. How many of y'all in here, you know you're right? The rest of you is lying to Jesus, right? Now you lying to Jesus. Come on, man. You know you know you're right. Why are you doing what you're doing? Because I'm right. Why are you the way you are? Because I'm right. And I look at people not like me like they're wrong. Why can't you be more like me? You know, my wife and I, I married the opposite. Sanguine meets melancholy. Sanguine is intrigued by melancholy's wonderfully ordered life. Melancholy is intrigued by sanguine's joyful, spontaneous nature. They think you're fake. There's no one that could be that happy. <laughs> right? Well, they wake up every morning like someone farted in the room. I wake up saying, it's a wonderful day. The birds are singing. The sun is shining. This is awesome. My wife gets up. What? <laughs> Good morning. Whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like we're opposites. That was one of the biggest works, God. At first, I was intrigued. You complete me. And then a year, you annoy me. You're freaking nothing like me. You don't like to do anything that's fun. I walk in and say, Kill, guess what happened? Da, 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 da. She goes, oh, great. I'm like, you... The woman that thou gavest me. And she's looking at God saying, do something with this nut. Yes. He's 
out of control, right? We're in this diversity in the church. We got, we got half the marriages failing. People say, you know, I, I have every once in a while, I have a young, usually someone's called to ministry, they get a vision. Pastor Dave, God has called us to get all the churches together in the city. I tried about 150 times, right? And every time I found out, it didn't work. Why? I, and so when they ask me that, I always say this. I'm just trying to get 10 people together in our church on my leadership team. Right? I'm trying to get that guy to walk with his wife and her to walk with her husband. You want to gather all the churches. Good luck. Right? And so I usually say, you know, that's a great ideal, and I do believe it's going to happen. In fact, God's already told me when it'll happen. It's already been broadcast. It's in the Word. He told me exactly when it will happen. On the first day of the millennial reign of Christ, Satan will be locked into a bottomless pit for 1,000 years with all his minions, and we will live under the power of God in perfect unity because God is going to have a rod of iron. Do you ever think about that? It says he'll rule the nations with a rod of iron. Man, we spank our kids with a little paddle. <laughs> Son, Jesus, I didn't mean it. A rod of iron, it says. In other words, there'll be an absolute authority and there will be an absolute unity. And then he turns around and lets the devil go again. There's another story in that. Okay. So now we're beginning to walk in this new knowledge. We begin to walk in this new way. And in verse 11 it says, And in this new creation all distinctions vanish. That means personality distinctions vanish. It means cultural classes vanish. It means racism vanishes. Huh? It means... Not in the sense of sexual activity, but genders in the sense of honor and glory before God vanish. There's no longer male nor female. It's no longer, woman, thou, you ain't saying nothing in here. Sit down, shut up, cook dinner. No, no. No longer. No longer in Christ there's no male or female. Because God will honor his daughters. Christianity is the only religion on the planet that honors and brings women to an equal place with man. Christianity is the only one. He's the only one. Go to the Middle East and see how the women are treated. Go into legalistic, even Christian churches, and the first thing they do is go back to oppressing women. Get that makeup off your face. And the guys running around look like a pimp, man purple suit and he's telling his wife you wear a blue jean dress no makeup you can't cut your hair he's running around looking like a pimp I've been there I've seen it I'm like dude you look like your wife just got drugged to church by a pickup truck and you come in here looking like a pimp that ain't right but we don't have that here 
This is Texas. There's going to be a special section in heaven for Texas. The angel, the angel will say to the person, who's that group over there? And they'll say, shh, they're Texans. They're the only ones that think they're, they think they're the only ones here, right? Dude, when I moved to Texas in 1981, that's when all the crisis of the economy hit Ohio and Michigan, and I moved down here in the job hunt, and I got to Texas, man, and I didn't understand what it meant. I didn't know what a Yankee was, even though I was one, and then I found out there were different kinds of Yankees. You know what I'm saying? And I come to work. I remember I turned on the news one night up in Fort Worth. And it said, uh, uh, you know, if you're moving, if you're trying to come down here from other places, don't. I saw a bumper sticker. said, welcome to Texas. Now leave. Yeah. I kid you not, man. I go to work. I ain't nothing but a Yankee. I'm like, dude. It took me five years to be accepted. I had to buy boots, a belt. I had to change my draw. I had to talk different to become a Texan. Anyway, diversity. Everybody say there ain't no Yankee. Ain't no, ain't no rebel. Ain't no rebel. In the kingdom. We all Texans. <laughs> we all Texans, right? Come on. Hey. Anyway. That's some good preaching right there. Come on, man. I mean, what other what other city is named the body of Christ? Come on. Bam. Hey. Give me a break, right? All right, so here we are, you know. We're, we're in this new creation. It says, in this new creation, all distinctions vanish. There's no room, no room in this room or any room for what? Jew or Greek? Hmm? Jew or Greek? Circumcised or uncircumcised? Well, we took care of that last night. You gonna have sharpened your knife, man. <laughs> Dude, he circumcised so many people. Kevin sent me a scripture and said there was a pile, a hill of foreskins after Joshua got done with them guys. A hill of foreskins. There was a hill of foreskins in this house last night. It was kind of weird, though, to hear a 14-year-old girl going, Pastor David, you can circumcise me. And I'm going, son, that just don't sound right, you know? I mean, yeah, I get the point, but it don't sound right. <laughs> Come on. Jesus. And then the one that just come back and dude, the outside speakers are on. Oh my God. <laughs> Here they are coming up to get a cup of coffee, you know. Hey, honey, let's stop in coffee waves. Pastor David, you can circumcise me. They're like, <laughs> Jesus. And then I said, I'm going to need a really big knife. And he said, I'm going to need a really big knife for this one. <laughs> anyway. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so, in this new creation, all distinctions vanish. There's no room and can't be found Greek or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised. <sighs> Nor difference between nations, whether alien, barbarians, I like this, Scythians. And then the Amplified says, who are the most savage of all? <laughs> no problem there. And, and we would say, you know, bikers. 
<laughs> gang members who are the most savage of all. They came into the church, you know. You're going to tell them where to sit. I ain't going to tell them where to sit. You tell them where to sit, you know. <sighs> most savage of all. Slave or free. But Christ is in all and in everything and in everywhere to all men without distinction of person. Now, this can't happen in the natural. That's why we have a divided government. That's why we have a divided nation. That's why we have a divided world. It's why many times, unless the Holy Ghost can baptize us in a love that can go beyond human endeavor, it can't happen. You know why our churches don't grow? It's not because new people don't come. It's because old people don't stay. That's why we, you know, when we plateau, we have new people coming all the time. But the problem is you got old people leaving all the time. It's amazing how people get called and uncalled. I know God called me here. I just know it. Pastor Dave, you're the greatest pastor I've ever heard in my life. Oh, my gosh. You, you know, you're awesome. I don't even like you. I'm out of here. The next day. I mean, one day I got a seven-page letter from a lady telling me I was the greatest thing since the wheel. <laughs> and 72 hours later, I got an eight-page letter telling me I was the freaking devil. <laughs> you know? It's not. We have a problem living together. Now, God helped me with this because I got, I, I had an awareness. Self-awareness, I think, is one of the greatest things we can ever ask God for because we are being crippled by our own blind spots. We are. All of us are. I did a whole study for a couple years on understanding how the human brain works and how blind spots work and all that stuff. And it was incredible to me, but it changed my whole life when I, be God, when I began to just ask God, show me my blind spots. And I began to cry out to God when I was a young Christian because I recognized I was incapable of doing the gospel without him helping me. And I said things like this, I can't do this. You'll have to do it in me. You'll have to do it through me because I'm incapable of loving some people. I'm incapable of walking with some people. I'm incapable of staying with my wife. I'm incapable. And so I started crying out to God for love. Now we know all things are important in the kingdom, but he does bring a few things to the forefront. When it comes to the fruit of the Spirit, he says, above all, love. When it comes to the gift of the Spirit, he says, above all, prophesy, right? They're all good. They're all important. Joy, long-suffering, that's all good. But he says, love is the chief thing. We got to have love. Why? Because it's the glue that holds us together and helps us to overcome our distinctions, helps us to overcome our challenges with one another. And if we don't get baptized in this love, we will not walk together for the long race. You know, I have people assigned to me, and I recognize some uh, uh, are assigned to me, and we've been able through the love of God to work through our differences and to work through our idiosyncrasies and to work through our things. And I know you're a lifetime partner with me. I know that, you know. 
I know that. Then there are other people. I know they're assigned to me. I know it. But they can't work through their distinctions because they lack that luster of love. And the only way to get it is from the Holy Ghost. It's impossible to do what we do. There's three classes of people that are identified here that I like to bring to the forefront. Jews, Greeks, and barbarians. We have all three in this room right now. And, and we can go through a lot of scriptures. We don't have time, but I just want to say this. The Bible does say a few things about these people. It says the Jews request a sign. These are religious people that don't really believe. They're the ones that say, well, I see what you're saying, but I don't really believe it until I see it. Or they're the ones that say, well, my mind can't get around that. Everybody say, I'm a, I'm a Jew. I got this thing in me that I, I need to see it to believe it. I, I, I'm more comfortable in formalism and program than in flow Come on, I'm more, I'm more comfortable knowing what time we'll get out of church. I'm, I'm more comfortable, I'm a, I'm a Jew. I'm very comfortable with rules and regulations because they secure me. But I'm not comfortable with this free spirit, walk in the spirit thing, Jews. And then you have Greeks, and there are Greeks in the room. Greeks are like, mm-hmm, uh, yes, well, let's see, is that? Hmm, no. Uh, yes, yeah, so that's not logical. Well, I, I think, you know, well, I'll tell you what I think. We have Greeks. We have people who have a hard time getting over their brains. And so we try to reach them intellectually to a degree. But then again, we're bound when we get bound in our intellect. And then we have barbarians. Barbarians. These are the, the people that come in, and I always say it this way Jews, you know, they request a sign. Greeks seek after wisdom, and barbarians just want to kill something. Right? And I have a bunch of, I attract barbarians. That's my leadership style. I attract barbarians. You attract barbarians. Turn on your neighbor and say, Barbarian. <laughs> Barbarian. Barbarians aren't bad people. It's a culture. It's a culture. You know? The only difference between black people and white people and Hispanic people and Asian people, the only difference is culture. It has nothing to do with skin color or blood flow. All of us are red. And the Bible says, of one blood, he have made all nations. It's culture. Culture's king. And the barbarian culture, when you come in, man, you, you're the get her done. What we need to do, pastor? Get her done. Get out of the way. Sit there. You need to be born again. No, I didn't ask you if you wanted to be born again. I said you need to be born again. Say this prayer now. And now speak in tongues. Now. Kevin is a barbarian. So is a Geneva. I know I'm messing with you. Kevin called her Geneva last night. You know, in the late Geneva's a barbarian. In other words, you know, it's people that are more cleric in nature. Typically, they they see the task, and they all you know. People that are task-driven, they see people as a means to the end, which is the task. People that are people-driven see people as the end, and the means is the task. 
It's a difference in how we think. But God created us that way. And the beautiful thing is when you can get baptized in his love and you can get filled with his grace, grace is not permission to sin. It's power to love the folks. It's power to walk with people you're not like. It's the ability for these scriptures to become flesh and live out in you where you're an imager of God. That's what grace is for, not so you can go get high and wipe your feet. I'm graced. (laughs) No, grace is empowerment to live the life God's called us to live. So I start crying out for this love as a young Christian. And I want to just bring this in closing, there's a supernatural baptism. You know, we, we, we see three out of the six pivotal doctrines of the church have been excluded in the mainstream church, and that the doctrine of baptisms, because they only have one. There's the doctrine of eternal judgment, because they don't preach on hell or condemnation and or sin or eternal fire. They don't preach on And the other one's laying on of hands. They don't lay hands on people. They don't lay hands on people, and they don't believe it. So you take three of the six fundamental doctrines of the church and you strip them and you got a weak church because these are pillars of faith. So I ask God for a baptism of love. And so I prayed for months because I recognized I can't do what you called me to do if I don't even like half your people. Let me ask you a question. Would you attend this church if you thought this man and this woman did not like you? I I talked to Christians all the time, so I I knew the pastor didn't like me, so I left. He hadn't been baptized in love because you should never know by talking to me whether I like you or not. If I can't put on Christ, what am I doing in this job? I've heard preachers say, well, that's above my pay grade. Well, you better get a new pay grade if you're going to lead the body of Christ. You better get yourself educated in the things of God. Amen? We're supposed to be able to shepherd the sheep and father the flock. And so I cried out. I said, God, I have to have love or I can't do this because I don't like everybody. I don't like them. It's a lot of days I didn't even like my wife. Just days she didn't like me. Amen. And, and God answered my prayer after months of seeking, knocking, and asking. Some people say, well, if God wants me to have that kind of love, he'll just give it to me. You're crazy. He said, ask, seek, knock. And in the original language, it says, you ask until you receive. You knock until it is open. You seek until you find. You don't stop. You persevere, you press in because he's watching the press. There was only one woman healed that day. She pressed and she drew power from him. He said, well, you know, I asked God once for the Holy Ghost and I asked him once for tongues and he didn't give it to me. It's just not for me. I said, you didn't press and you didn't draw his power. Because when I wanted tongues, I got on my my, my bedroom floor every night and I sat there going, I didn't know how to get it. I did. I did. I didn't know how to get it. I didn't have no teacher. I found it in the Bible. And I wanted it. Took me months. 
took me months because I had no one to teach me. I wanted it, and I wanted love. I'm like, God, I can't do this without your love. I can't do it without your love. And I said, you got to give me your love. And so one night we're in a meeting up in Fort Worth, Texas, and I'm sitting on the front row, and there's a guy preaching named Kenneth Hagin. And he's walking along telling his stories, and I'm just sitting there in the meeting, 2,000 people in the room, and all of a sudden, my ears were closed. I couldn't hear anything. All of a sudden, it was like somebody turned on the sound system of a downpour in a room. I, I heard it audibly. It was like all the natural sounds were blocked out, and God gave me this hearing of a rain storm. Not thunder and lightning, but rain falling through trees, hitting the, the, the leaves on the ground. I mean, it's just, it is just an amazing sound. And all of a sudden, I felt this one drop hit me in the top of the head, hit me hard. I mean, just like somebody took our finger and popped me on top of the head, like a, a heavy lead drop of water hit me on top of the head. And I whirled around because I thought somebody behind me was messing with me. And I turned around, and they're looking at me like, what? And I knew they didn't do it. And I'm like, and all of a sudden, this, it was like it spread like a, a warm oil or a honey, a thick substance. And I felt it running over my head. And I remember when it came across my eyes, the whole room changed. And I started looking at people. And I'm like, oh, I love you. I just love you. I felt like Ernest T. Bass. I just love you, Darlene. I just love you. I mean, it was like intoxication. And I'm like... I remember thinking, what is this? And the Holy Ghost speaks inside me and says, there's some of that love you've been asking for. And guys, it changed my life forever. This is what we do. We get in these stuck places where we're not able to image Christ. We're not able to be like him. And we stop we must continually cry out and seek and knock and ask and say, God, I will not stop pounding on heaven's door until you fill me, until you answer me, until you help me, until you deliver me. I won't stop. I won't stop. And man, that day, Everyone in the room changed. I just looked at everybody, and it was like the eyes of Jesus. I didn't see anything other than the beautiful people of God who he died for. And I could see how Christ could die for every person from that day forward. Because before then, I'm like, I wouldn't have died for them moron you know I had those issues I had those feelings I had to get crucified in him and raised into this newness of life but it had to come through the Holy Ghost I gotta emphasize that everything that you can do to become like him that is not through the Holy Ghost is just behavior modification religion legalism rule keeping it don't work it's got to be through the Holy Ghost. And so we preachers sit up here and we tell you week after week, go after the Holy Ghost. Go after God. Cry out, seek, knock, ask. Don't quit until you get it. 
There's been prayers I prayed. My daughter went into rebellion at the age of nine, and she came out at the age of 29. And I'm telling you, man, for 20 years, she dominated 60, 70% of my prayer life. Kevin walked through it with me. She, man, she was meaner than a snake. I mean, I'm getting a call Saturday night, three in the morning. Your daughter's in jail. From the detective who's our youth pastor. Your daughter's in jail. Janelle's locked up. I said, leave her there. He went back to sleep. Had to get up and preach the next day. Devil's screaming in my ear. Well, if a man can't rule his own household, I had to answer back and say, she's 20 years old. She's out of my jurisdiction. But devil, you can't have her. My daughter will go to heaven. You can't have her. And I wept and I cried and I groaned and I cried out. Had to kick her out of my house, man. She went to live with a bunch of drunks. It was horrible. But year after year, I was not going to let the devil have my seed. I said, no, she will be saved. You can't have her. Hell, you can't have her. 20 years. 20 years. I pounded heaven. God, don't let Janelle go to hell. Don't let her go to hell. I wasn't fooled. She tried to act nice in front of me. I knew what she was doing. I knew how she was living. She moved to Florida. Gone. I mean, it was horrible. I, 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 I would lay in our balcony at our church because that's where I used to weep. And I would weep for hour after hour. God, my daughter, you got to save her. <clears throat> she got a man-hating spirit because she got messed over by a couple of players. I remember saying, I'll never marry, Dad. I'll never marry. Men are the devil. I said, I'm not the devil. Well, they all not like you. I said, but there are some. Man, it was hell on earth for 20 years. Pounding on heaven, pounding on heaven. And then every once in a while, about 10 at night, the phone would ring and it'd be Janelle. Hey, Dad. And I'm like, I got a window. It's Janelle. It's not that demon. It's Janelle. I got a window. How you doing, honey? Oh, you know, okay, Dad. I said, honey. You know, you got to get right with God. Dad, I know. I said, honey, if you die in your sin, you'll go to the devil's hell. Come on, dad. That ain't why I called you, you know, but I had a window and then it would slam shut and it might be six months before I could talk to my daughter. You know, I talked to her every week, but it wasn't her. It was that rebel demon inside her. The one I saw in her eyes when she was just a child. Had to drive that thing out of her through prayer and intercession. Had to break that stronghold in her. And it worked. Because now she's married. She's got two beautiful children. She's one of the best mothers in the world. She goes to church every Sunday. She's helping my other sons and daughters build a church in Raleigh, North Carolina. And now her laughter fills the room. 
and her joy is full of glory and she married a great guy that got filled with the Holy Ghost and got saved and oh my gosh, it's like a dream come true. And I shared that because some of you parents, you got to have the Holy Ghost. It was the Holy Ghost. I laid for hours on my face. When I look at little Miles and little Olivia, and she's sending me the little videos. She's, look, Daddy, first steps. Look, Dad. Look, Dad. Oh, my God, it's worth it. It's worth the seeking. It's worth the press. It's all worth it when we press into God. It's all worth it when we press into God. I want to encourage you, church. This is an Activate conference. We've talked about activating the prophetic. We've talked about activating the apostolic. We've talked about activating a lot of things. But my challenge this morning, activate the love of God that sees through your own diversities and differences and personalities and cultures and says, man, we are so glad we got some hot tamale up in here. Man, we are so glad we got some brother up in here. Man, we so glad we got some hillbilly up in here. Crack up that banjo. Come on, let's go hillbilly right now. Make a West Virginian feel at home. Ding, 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 right? Come on, make a West Virginian feel at home. We've got to be able to do this, but it's by the power of the Holy Ghost. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this message, please subscribe and share it with your friends. And if you want to partner with us in what God is doing here at Rock City, you can give by visiting our website at rockcitycorpus.com give.